Thank you so much for hitting the play button on another edition of A Duff Said. I'm your host, Duff Tyler. Now, I've got a lot to share with you this week. Coming up, I'll be sharing another story from my days covering the Indiana State men's basketball team during the late 90s. Now, the response to last week's show was better than anything I could have hoped for. I got a chance to reconnect with some of those players and a lot of my fellow classmates during those days, people that I really haven't spoken to since that time in our lives back in the late 90s and early 2000s. So it was really good to reminisce with all of them. I know the players were thrilled to hear the show and to look back on those big moments in their lives. So I figured, why mess with a good thing? Why not just continue to ride this wave for as long as we can? So I've got another story from those days that I'm going to share with you. I've got a classic rewind on one of the few stories that I was able to hold on to from more than two decades ago. And then later, I'll have a story that I did several years ago with Michigan native Dave Coulier. Now you probably remember him as the lovable funny man Uncle Joey on the hit show Full House. But not too many people know about his hockey playing days. I got a chance to catch up with him more than 10 years ago, and he shared some stories and some laughs about that time in his life when he was out on the ice. And then later, I'm going to open up the vault to talk about one of my favorite basketball families right here in the state of Michigan. But first up, we're talking high school girls basketball. An amazing feat was just accomplished on the court last week. Now, before January 14th, only four women in the state of Michigan could say they've scored 60 points or more in a game. And then came Mount Clemens senior Nevaeh Williams. She just added herself to that list. She scored 60 points in 32 minutes of basketball to lead her team to a win over Pontiac A&T. I caught up with her and her coach, Derek McKinney II, to discuss that performance, and that conversation starts now. You're now on a list of young women in the state of Michigan that have scored 60 points in a game. When you look at that accomplishment, what's it like to know that your name is on that list? Great feel great, blessed, you know, couldn't do it without God, so, and my coach helping me go out, you know. <laughs> when you look at all the things that you've accomplished so far here at Mount Clemens, what does it mean to you to have a 60-point game? It means a lot, you know, I'm making my status, you know, I feel like I'm underrated, you know, not everybody knows about me, so I'm just trying to get out there. I think they know about you now. I think they've heard about you. <laughs> yeah. And what's it like to get that kind of recognition across the state? It's crazy, you know, it's unbelievable. Hard work pays off, so I'm, I'm blessed. What was your mindset going into that game on Friday night? Mambo mentality, I was locked in from the beginning. <laughs> you know, I ain't say a word to nobody, just have my headphones in, just ready to go. That was a Mamba-like game that you had the other night. Is he your favorite player? One of them, my favorite player is LeBron. Okay, so you're a Laker fan then, so you just went from Kobe to LeBron. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Tell me what was going on in that game. What were you seeing out on the court, and how were you able to create those opportunities for yourself? You know, the defense, you know, was um, just I just created open shots for myself, you know, looked at the gaps that I seen that I was able to take and just focus on my shot, having to knock every shot down. 
As you're going through the game, did you realize that you were putting up that many points? Honestly, at, not at first, but until I start realizing, like, I was knocking everything down, I just had a feeling. Have you ever had a game in your career where you were just feeling it like you were that night? Were you surprised that all those shots were going down? No, I wasn't really surprised because, you know, I put the hard work in to make those shots. How did you react when the game was over and you looked at the score sheet and it said 60 points? Honestly, I didn't really react until, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I didn't really have a reaction, but, you know, I was happy and excited about it. What was your career high before that? My career high before that was 44 points. When you got to 60 points and the game's over and you guys are talking about it in the locker room, how did your teammates react and how did this guy, your coach, react? <laughs> They're excited, you know, clapping for me, just talking about it. Now, Nevaeh, when you get a 60-point game, you got to do something to commemorate something like that. How did you celebrate that performance? Honestly, I went home and ate pizza. <laughs> and that had to be the best pizza you ever had. The best pizza. <laughs> okay, so what kind of pizza was it? I'm just curious. Little Caesars. You got to have the, um, the Italian uh, bread, too. <laughs> there you go you have it on record from a winner right here she's recommending that right. dinner for champion tell me a little bit about yourself when did you start playing basketball um i honestly i started playing uh, organized basketball in like fifth to fifth grade yeah but uh ever since like fifth grade was organized basketball but i started i picked up a ball at three with my brothers and sister and who would you say has been your biggest influence for you on basketball um, Tanisha Stevens. I, I don't know if you guys know about her, but she played at Mount Clemens. She has records on there. And yeah, she influenced me. Sadly, she's passed away a few years ago, oh, but so I talked sorry. to her um, parents before the game. And what was that conversation like? It was good. He was just telling me to play every game like it's my last. Keep playing like that, and you're going to have many more games to come. What goals do you have set for yourself moving forward? To keep staying in the gym, you know, stay locked in, never give up, and to keep just keep going. Now, you said you, you feel like you're underrated when it comes to some of the players in this state. What do you hope that people think about you, and what do you hope people take from that performance? I just hope people think about me like a kid coming from Mount Clemens. Like, we have hoopers here, you know, get slept on. Keep I just keep going, you know, that's it. What does it mean to have a game like that to represent your city? It feels it means everything to me. I'm one of the one of the only ones to do it here, so one of the one of the ones. Okay, now I got five questions. Five things that people need to know about Nevaeh Williams. Number one, what is your hype song? Um, freestyle by Lil Baby. What is your pregame ritual? Uh, probably I don't really I don't really have I don't have one. You just come to the gym and you're all business. Yeah, yeah. We talked a little bit about it earlier. You love Little Caesars Pizza. What is the best post-game meal of all time, though? Wendy's 4 for 4. <laughs> you cannot go wrong. No, you cannot. I know exactly what you're talking about. That is phenomenal. What is one subject that you really like in school? Um, probably AP English. And now I'm going to give you the opportunity to write the script on how you can finish your time here at Mount Clemens. What would be the perfect ending for you? Um, like my coach said, uh, at least win districts, you know. It'd be great to celebrate that. Um, you know, keep getting more records if, if I can and just be happy. Have you ever won a district title? No, I have not. Well, now I'd say you're due. Go and get it.
Let's talk to your coach now. So you probably weren't surprised by 60 points. Not at all. I tell her all the time that uh, she can do it. I tell everybody. She does what we ask, which is try to get everybody else involved. But she can go out there and do 60 if she wants to. (laughs) I was surprised that she accounted for such a large percentage of our buckets. And uh, that day, she was just feeling it. Every shot fell for her. Every good shot. She took what the defense gave her, and it fell. What do you hope that people take from that performance as far as what she's done for this program and what she means to you as a player? I hope what they take as far as what she's done for the program, I hope that they take that she can play. She can play at a high level. She can score, and she can score at a high level as well as she can be a playmaker and get everybody involved. She can do whatever you're asking her to do. She can go out there and do. That's what I hope they take out of that. As far as what she means to me as a player, she's, I've, I tell her this all the time. I've coached boys. I've coached girls. I've never coached a player as dedicated and as good as she is. What was that first meeting between the two of you like when you saw her come into the gym Very the first, first time? Meeting. Very first meeting. She was in eighth grade. And uh, you knew I, then I heard. Well, no, I didn't. I heard about her. I didn't know her. She didn't come visit me. We got a good relationship now, but she didn't come visit me in eighth grade. And I seen her in uh, she was in the gym and she was just dribbling around, dribbling. And I'm looking and then I say, is that who y'all was telling me about? And they say, you know, the teachers and everything say, that's her. That's her. So I went, I introduced myself to her to who who I was, and uh, she smiled just like she did and said, hey, you know, told me who she was. And uh, from there, it was my job to establish a relationship with her so that she understood that not only do we want her to play, but we actually care about her future going forward as well. So that's what we... What's that relationship between the two of you been like? Now it's been great. It's been great. You know, sometimes I fuss fuss a lot, uh, but she can handle it. You know, she 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 takes it and she she leaves it on the floor. So the relationship is great. I I enjoy coaching her. Hopefully she enjoyed being coached by me, and hopefully she just keep on progressing as she moves to the next level. It's going to be tough to see her go in March. Unfortunately, I have to she because knows. it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. I know it is. She knows the last thing I want to see is her go. I told we did talk about maybe her reclassing and squeezing the fifth year. <laughs> 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 and I'm, just, I'm joking. Of course, that's all jokes. But it's going. It's, it's, I'm going to be happy to see her go, though. Of course, I'm going to be, you know, sad to see her go. I don't get an opportunity to continue to coach her, to just continue to see her grow from her freshman year up to her senior year like she's doing. But at the same time, I'm gonna be extremely happy because I know she's taking everything to the next level and I know she's gonna keep progressing and keep moving forward. What do you hope the rest of the team that plays with her, what do you hope that they take by watching her and what she's accomplished? I hope that they take her tenacity and her willingness to leave it all on the floor, her hard work, just going out on the floor. You you seen it today. Even when the shot's not falling, she's still playing hard, hustling for every loose ball, jumping for every rebound. Hopefully the team just adopts that nature, that mentality, and just keep it going. And it'll be like she never left. <laughs> if I could give you the script that would end her time here at Mount Clements, if I could give you a chance to write that down, what would be the perfect way 
to see her finish up her time with you in the program here at Mount Clemens? Perfect way to see it finish is going, taking care of districts, winning districts, and then from there, a state championship is how I would love to, <laughs> for it all to end. Of course. You know, but uh, definitely if I can't get those things, if I write it up like that and that can't happen, just seeing the smile on her face and her being happy going to the next level is good enough for me. Here, you should take notes on that. <laughs> Many thanks once again to Navea Williams and Coach Derek McKinney II for making some time this week on A Duff Said. Now, taking a look at what Nevaeh Williams has accomplished at Mount Clemens, she currently holds the school's career record for steals, and earlier this season, she joined the 1,000-point club. Now, it is also worth noting that her name has been tossed out as a candidate for the prestigious Miss Basketball Award here in the state of Michigan. But you can see why her primary focus is getting a district championship. That would certainly cement her legacy at Mount Clemens. It is time now for a new segment on a Duff Said that I like to call, It's a Little Known Fact. Now Mount Clemens has one of the more interesting nicknames among high school teams in the state of Michigan. They are called the Battling Bathers. It's mainly because back in the 19-teens and 20s, Mount Clemens was known as Bath City. The town was renowned for its mineral baths. The bathhouses brought in celebrities such as Babe Ruth, Mae West, When I'm good, I'm very good. But when I'm bad, I'm better. And Clark Gable. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. People from all over the world came to Mount Clemens to take a bath. Now those days have long since gone down the drain. But it's a little known fact that the nickname for the school was not specifically because of that. You can actually thank Bay City for the moniker. In the 1920s, Bay City played Mount Clemens in a football game. Bay City was the number one team in the state at that time. Not many people were thinking that Mount Clemens had any chance at winning this one. And they were right. Bay City won the game, but only by a margin of six to nothing. The Bay City football coach was giving an interview with the local newspaper in Mount Clemens. Now, even though his team won, he wanted to give Mount Clemens a little credit for how they played. But he didn't know what to call them. Who are those guys? So he told the local reporter, and I'm assuming he sounded like Bill Belichick, those battling bathers put up quite a fight. Swing and a miss. Now, when the townsfolk in Mount Clemens saw that in the local paper the next morning, they laughed and they were like, oh, that is so going to be our nickname from now on. And that, kids, is why athletes from Mount Clemens High School are called the Battling Bathers. You learn something every day. Up next, we march on back to the past. And that's a Duff Said. Who has the best food section in Michigan? We do! Who are we? CC! Who are we? CC! Who are we? CC! Who are we? CC! Let's go!
Fourth Coast Cider Works is the place to be for hard cider in Oakland County. Located in the main entrance to Canterbury Village, Fourth Coast is quality craftsmanship, quality hard cider. Stop by Fourth Coast and try some of their many flavors on tap. You can also take some home in a can or a howler. Fourth Coast is open Thursday through Sunday. For a complete list of ciders and hours, go to fourthcoastciderworks.com. The best hard cider is on the Fourth Coast. And that's a Duff Said. Support for a Duff Said comes from you, the listener. It also comes from people like Bethany and Michelle, who recently became patrons of this podcast. And you can too. For as little as $2 a month or $24 a year, you can help A Duff Said continue to grow and continue to provide the great content that you've come to expect from me each week. And if you're a patron, you get access to exclusive content that sometimes doesn't make it into the show. So just go to patron.podbean.com backslash A Duff Said. sure to check out my website, aduffsaid.com. If you haven't been there already, what's stopping you? Once you are there, you can check out my previous 50 episodes of this podcast. And that includes last week's show that I did on the Indiana State University men's basketball team and their rivalry with Indiana University during the late 90s and the year 2000. Now that rivalry wasn't the only thing that was special about those Sycamore teams during that time. They also had a grand tradition of providing thrilling moments on senior night. It started on February 18, 1998. Prior to that season, Indiana State University had 18 losing seasons in a row. So when Indiana State beat Southern Illinois that night, Coach Royce Waltman got on the mic and told the Holman Center crowd that winning basketball was back at Indiana State University. And he was right. The following year, Indiana State held on for a one-point win over Illinois State to clinch back-to-back winning seasons. Which brings me to Senior Night 2000. That game against Bradley had a lot riding on it. Here's how a young me described that matchup on radio that night. Welcome back to the WISU Broadcast Center. I'm Duff Tyler with more on the Sycamore Sports Preview Show. Tonight's game with Bradley has so much riding on it. Not only can ISU clinch its first outright MVC championship in 21 years with a victory, it also stands as the final regular season game for Ben Anderson, Abbasi Thompson, and Nate Green. While Green is ready to play this evening, the reality of the fact that this is his final game at Holman Center hasn't quite set in yet. No, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it being the last game. It's just for the fact we've been in a run for the championship, and so it's been, uh, I've been uh, thinking about that could be for the championship. So um, the fact that it's my last game probably won't hit me until um, after the game or while I'm giving my senior speech maybe or something like that. But uh, uh, that game's for the for the whole pie. We have half of it now, and that game will be for the whole thing. So um, as far as it being my last game, it's 
I think it's more important that it's for, for everything and not that it's my last game right now. While ISU has at least a share of the conference crown, head coach Royce Waltman says that his team are already champions and that the season does not end here. I think that's, uh, you know, you know I, I don't know how other people look at it. We would like to win the thing outright by winning Monday. But where I'm from, if you're in first place, you're the champs, whether you're there with by yourself or with seven other people. So we count it as a championship, and it's been a while coming. I'm happy for the players. I'm happy for the people at Terre Haute that have waited a while for it. If we can fry bigger fish down the road, that's wonderful. But, but uh, we're going to count this as a, as a championship. Ideally, both Green and Waltman would like to pick up a win tonight, but it will not be easy. Bradley beat ISU 62-51 in Peoria back in January, and the Sycamores know that they will be in for a tough matchup this evening. Their athleticism just uh, outran us, outjumped us, out everything else uh, about the game in Peoria. Uh, if they're going to challenge with us, challenge us athletically, then we need to. We're an athletic enough team that we we should be able to um, meet that challenge. And uh, like I said, they just drove us in every aspect of the game with their athleticism there. So. Um, we'll really have to, to uh, step up and answer the bell this time. Well, we're playing for something, uh, I, I agree, but, but I just think uh, we'd like it to be a tradition at that last home game. The most important thing is playing well and sending the seniors out on the right note. So uh, I really think the underclassmen will feel strongly that way as well. And now, here's a young me describing the end of that game. Three and a half seconds remain from an NBC championship. And you look, everybody's on a three-point stance. They're ready to charge the court. Here it is. Die a three. No good. Oh, Here comes the third. It's an NBC championship. The Sycamores win. ISU wins. Victory number 21. This place has erupted. There is a mob on the court. Alumni are charging the court. I can't even tell where the players are. Surprisingly, I wasn't hoarse after calling that game that night. As you heard, I got a little high-pitched describing that win for Indiana State. And during that game, I was in the rafters in what they called the birdhouse in Holman Center. I was looking down on everything from high atop the building. I was way up there for that one. Now, the following year, I wasn't doing anything but watching the game as a fan. I was in the student section that night for Indiana State's game against Southern Illinois. Now, Indiana State's senior class for that team was stacked. They were led by four-year starters Michael Menzer and Matt Wren. But unlike the teams that came before them, they did not get an epic moment on senior night. Their senior night ended in a loss to Southern Illinois. And I remember the Salukis were running off the court and they were celebrating. They were waving at us at the student section. It was not a fun moment at that time. But there is one thing I remember vividly about that night. Once again, Royce Waltman dropped the mic. He told the crowd at Holman Center that night that the reports of Indiana State's demise was greatly exaggerated. And once again, he called it. That group rebounded to earn an automatic bid to the NCAA tournament by winning the Missouri Valley Conference tournament, and that group went on to face Oklahoma in the big dance. Good decision coming up full court here. They get it in. Johnson, three seconds, two seconds. Johnson, the shot. No good! And the madness continues in Memphis. 
Indiana State with its first NCAA tournament win since the Larry Bird era. And they hold off Oklahoma in overtime, 70-68. to That was an awesome time to be an Indiana State Sycamore. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it was a great feeling to get the chance to reconnect with some of those guys that played on those Indiana State teams from the late 90s and early 2000s. Thank you so much, guys, for everything that you did, not just for Indiana State University, but my hometown of Terre Haute, Indiana. Thanks for a lot of great memories, guys. March on. Up next, did you know that the guy that played Uncle Joey on the hit show Full House is also a member of the Detroit Red Wings? I'll explain coming up. Winter is here in the state of Michigan, but hard cider is good for all four seasons. Looking for the best hard cider in Oakland County? Then stop by Fourth Coast Cider Works. Located in the main entrance to Canterbury Village, Fourth Coast has many flavors on tap and some you can take home. Now if you're like me and you like testing your useless trivia knowledge against others, then come on down to Fourth Coast on Thursday evenings for Trivia Night. Fourth Coast is open Thursday through Sunday. For a complete list of ciders and hours, go to fourthcoastciderworks.com. Fourth Coast Cider Works. Quality craftsmanship, quality hard cider. And that's a tough said. Once again, I want to say thank you so much for hitting the play button on this podcast. And that includes two very special listeners, Michelle and Bethany. They recently became patrons of a tough said. Now, for as little as $2 a month, or $24 a year, you can help this show to continue to grow and provide the content that you enjoy. And if you become a patron of A Duff Said, we have got a lot of great gifts in store for you. We've got bumper stickers, we've got t-shirts, heck, I'll even record your voicemail message. So if you're having trouble ever figuring out what to say, I'll say it for you. And that's A Duff Said. If you'd like to become a patron of A Duff Said, all you got to do is go to patron.podbean.com backslash A Duff Said. It is time now for a classic rewind. Back in 2011, comedian and Michigan native Dave Coulier was in Port Huron to do a comedy show. People say the weirdest things to me. I had a guy like run out to me in the airport. He's running like, Dave, Joey, what? <laughs> you know, he had that crazy look. All I could think was, I hope he doesn't have a machete. You know, that crazy look. <laughs> and so he stopped, and we didn't know what to say. And uh, he just blurted this out. He was like, you were kind of fat on the show. <laughs> Afterwards, he was kind enough to do an interview with me. Now, we talked about a lot of things, including his longtime friend, Bob Saget, who unfortunately passed away this week. 
During the conversation, Coulier shared some stories with me about his hockey playing days and his relationship with the Detroit Red Wings. Comedian Dave Coulier was in Port Huron earlier this month to help kick off the Blue Water Film Festival. But he used to come into town as a hockey player. In fact, Port Huron was the site for one of his most forgettable moments on the ice. First time I ever got knocked out was here in Port Huron. And that sounds like a joke, but it's actually the truth. I you know, grew up in St. Clair Shores, Michigan. So we'd come up here and you know, play against Port Huron teams. Back when the flags were the team up here. Unfortunately, the flags are no longer in business. But at 52 years old, Coulier is proving that age is just a number as he still has the time to lace up his skates. Still play every Sunday. Yeah, still out there huffing and puffing. And it's all about the glass of beer at the end. That's all it's about now. People remember Coulier as the lovable funny man Uncle Joey on the hit show Full House. You could sometimes spot him on the show wearing his Detroit Red Wings jersey. Recently, he became a member of their organization. Uh, they were foolish enough last year to make me a, uh, an official alumni member. So uh, I've been skating with those guys for a long time and done lots of charity events with them. And, and uh, you know, they've been very, they've welcomed me with open arms over the years. So it's a great group of guys. And um, anytime they need a, a slow right winger, I'm available. The Red Wings alumni play an annual charity game once a year at McMoran Arena. So what are the chances that we might see Coulier back in Port Huron skating in his Red Wings gear? You never know. You never know. I live in California, so it's tough to get back for local games, but, um, you know, you never know. With the sights and sounds of St. Clair County, I'm Duff Tyler. Now, Coulier is back to living in Michigan. He recently moved to Macomb County. So hopefully, one day soon, we'll see him lace up for the Detroit Red Wings alumni. If you've never been to a Detroit Red Wings alumni game, I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun to watch some of those old players from the Red Wings get back out on the ice. It's kind of like watching the Harlem Globetrotters on ice. And after the game, the Red Wings alumni is very gracious. They will come out, they'll sign autographs, take pictures. So definitely look up Detroit Red Wings alumni and see if there's a game coming near you. It is time now to open up the vault. It all started one night when I was covering a high school boys basketball game at Swan Valley High School. Freeland had just won the district championship. I interviewed a kid named Jackson Huckabee. He was one of the seniors on that team. A few moments after I wrapped up that interview, his mother Jennifer came up to me and told me about this basketball court that they had built in their backyard. Here's my story on it. When an Indiana family moved to Freeland nearly a decade ago, they wanted to bring one of their state's biggest traditions with them, basketball. They wanted to build the best court possible for their kids, but what they got turned out to be a slam dunk for the whole community. This is a typical afternoon in the Huckabee's backyard. Barry and Jennifer Huckabee are your typical Hoosiers. They have basketball in their DNA. We are very, uh, very much a rich basketball family from top to bottom. Jennifer played in college at East Tennessee State. Her father, Jimmy, is an Indiana high school coaching legend. Zach, I mean, there you go. Zach. Barry also played in college and is currently on the coaching staff for the Saginaw Valley State men's team. Just well, you'll be all right. When Team Huckabee moved to Michigan, they had two requirements for their new home. We wanted a, a house big enough for our family 
and the biggest court that we could fit in the backyard. <laughs> they found the perfect neighborhood. Said if anybody needs to live on a street like Hardwood Court, it's us. They built the perfect court. Hey! People obviously like to come over and shoot on it every once in a while. We, got a, we have a lot of games going on in the summer, people coming over. It's just pretty fun. It's a nice little place to gather. The court brought the Huckabees closer to their neighbors. Living on a cul-de-sac gave them the perfect name for their circle of friends. We call ourselves the, the Sack, and these are Sack brothers, and we have Sack moms and Sack dads. And we can talk to each other about anything. We'll all go hang out on the weekends, and no matter the age. Like we go from a freshman in college to a fourth grader right now. Like we all hang out. It doesn't matter. Before long, they went from this court to the Freeland High School gym. Last month, three Sack brothers helped the Falcons win their fourth straight district title. Well, I know we had good players, but you always got to think that Freeland's a small community and there's always people better out there. But the fact that we could stay together and stay tight, I think the chemistry that we developed on this court helped us a lot in the game. It's the Huckabees' connection to their home state, and it's paying off in a big way in mid-Michigan. I just wanted to build a court for all the kids to be able to play basketball and, and bring a little bit of Indiana here, and I think that we've accomplished that. And they're not done yet. They're actually going to be making a big addition to the court this summer. They're going to put lights around it. So you can expect those summertime games to go a whole lot longer. Now, in addition to the lights, the Huckabees are about to make another addition to their family. Jackson just recently got engaged to former Freeland girls basketball star Kaylee Argyle. Now, when it comes to having kids, some people say they want a starting five just like in basketball. But when it comes to the Sack family, they're all about making a league. Congratulations once again on the big news, Sack family, and best wishes to Jackson and Kaylee. Be sure to check out my website, aduffsaid.com, for future and previous episodes of this podcast. You can also find me on Facebook at sports journalist Duff Tyler. You can also find me on Twitter at Duff Tyler. Until next time, this is Duff Tyler reminding you that if Duff said it, it must be true. Because that's what a Duff said.